It is a football Friday, week 13 edition, and the week James Conner returns home. Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Zach Gershman joins me. Conner's return to Pittsburgh is a big storyline. Look for the Cardinals to feature their number one running back, especially given Sunday's weather forecast. Also, we head into enemy territory and speak with Craig Wolfley, Steelers radio analyst, and yes, the older brother of Cardinals radio analyst, Ron Wolfley. It's Cardinals Cover 2, episode 706, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Buda Baker, what heart, what threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray Magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealoux. So real-life problems do happen to everyone, including players. As we heard earlier in the week, Jesse Lucetta needing a ride to work, i.e. the game on Sunday against the Rams. And also to the head coach, Jonathan Gannon, informing the media on Friday. He had to call an Uber to get to work on Friday because the gate would not open. That's the second time he's had gate issues at his house. And I, I can't relate. but <laughs> Neither can I. But, I mean, listen, when Jonathan Gannon walks into the press conference room, you could kind of tell the the direction that it's going to go just based off his energy and excitement. In most cases, he's very energetic and excited, getting ready to sit down in front of the media. But when he comes and sits down with an opening statement, that's when you know, like, oh, okay, we have some big-time news coming out. And, of course, it was, so true story here, <laughs> my gate didn't open. And I love how people were, were like, oh, well, did you jump over the gate? Like, is it your car? Like, what is it? But he's got to get that gate fixed. I, I, I'm going to start a petition. <laughs> For there to be a section of State Farm Stadium that just has Uber drivers on standby for the coaches and players. Because it seems like this week with Jesse having to get one to the game or obviously coming across those fans and then having to Uber to the Dignity Health Training Center on Monday for uh, for everything that they had to do following the game. And then JG right before they get off to Pittsburgh. I mean, it's kind of, kind of wild. For those wondering, it was a minivan. Yes. And yes, the head coach had to pay a premium because of time of day. Let me ask you this, Craig. <laughs> if you were that Uber driver, we, we were talking about, like, did he even know who JG was? And I'm sure that that's going to be a follow-up that will ultimately come out. But if you were the Uber driver, what would be your number one question to JG? Why are you going for it so many times on fourth down? Why isn't Kyler Murray under center? Those are the calls that I get on Cardinal Talk, and those are the conversations that we have been having now for weeks. So if you have the opportunity to have the man who has that decision-making power in your back seat, why not ask that question? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it with the Cardinal Talk listeners and, and the Cardinals fans, of course. Everyone's, everyone wants to know these answers because we've still been asking them, and we haven't really gotten the answer out there. It's kind of a week-to-week basis. But I'm asking about Craig Relu. What would be your number one question? You enjoying your time here so far in Arizona? How do you like things in the desert? Okay. See that that's that's, that's a, a casual fair, conversation. That's a fair and then way you kind of see it. where it goes and then you can start asking football questions. Philosophy maybe if you're intimidated, you don't It's one thing to pick up the phone or on your keyboard, but another mm-hmm. thing when that person is standing or sitting yeah. in your back seat? Yeah. I don't know. Like are you happy? <laughs> I would ask, is Renegade stuck in your head? Because it's been stuck in my head since people have been talking about it going into this game at Pittsburgh. 
Yes, great transition there. Jack. I did. I set you on. I set you up for that. I one. appreciate that. Week thirteen, Cardinals at the Steelers. Sunday, eleven a.m. is the kickoff. Six thirty pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. A little bit later on, we'll be joined by Craig Wolfley, Steelers radio analyst, and yes, the older brother of Cardinals radio analyst Ron Wolfley, for a little bit more of a deeper dive into what the Steelers have been going through this season. They are seven and four, second place in the AFC North, and. Before we get to the injury situation, 65% chance of rain. And the only reason I bring that up is because I, I'm curious. And, well, Paul Calvisi was in the press conference earlier. And I worry about Paul on game day because those three hours, three-hour-plus hours, the wet stuff. Can't have an umbrella on the sideline. So hopefully he, as well as Danny Sarek, have packed their rain gear. And Jonathan Gannon left the press conference room saying – you. Safe travels, <laughs> pack your rain gear. I mean, you're going into this one knowing that it's not going to be pretty weather. And that's something that since the schedule is released, everybody in this facility has had the chance to dreading looking forward to. Um, and now it's, you know, now it's here. And I mean, somebody like James Conner said when he saw the schedule about that return, I mean, it's December. It seems like it's so far away. Well, we're right now, what, 48 hours away from, from kickoff. So a lot's going to be going on then. And here's hoping, not only because of the weather, but coming off a game in which Connor only had six carries for a season-low 27 rushing yards, that the Cardinals, yeah, it's a homecoming and it's a big moment for Connor. But you have to feature, I think, James Connor this week because of where the offense is at. And yeah, the weather does play a factor, and that Steelers defense is very tough. Lean on Connor against the Steelers on Sunday to kind of take a little pressure off of Kyler Murray. Well, when you lean on Connor, it opens up the entire offense as a whole. And we were able to see that through the first few weeks of the season when James was active and healthy. And then when the Cincinnati game came about where he messed up his knee and ultimately landed on IR, you could see that the offense started to unravel a little bit because you didn't have that premier back to rely on. When you go into this game in Pittsburgh, obviously the homecoming element of it, the Pennsylvania kid going back, playing for the first time at Akershire Stadium as a visitor, even though for him it's always been Heinz Field. Um, but for to, to go out there as a visitor, obviously there's going to be a lot of emotions. But this offense goes as James Conner goes. And I know everyone's going to focus on Kyler Murray and the connection he has with his wide receivers, as they should. But when James Conner is on, the offense is on. And that's important because it was on that first drive against the Rams and then it was off until late in the fourth quarter and you don't want that to happen for a second straight week. Now, with respect to the rest of the offensive playmakers, Michael Wilson will not play. He is going to miss his third straight game, fourth in the last five games overall because of a shoulder injury. Hollywood Brown, questionable this week because of a heel issue. Good to hear, though, Gannon say that they are limiting... Hollywood's practice time during the week to make sure he is available on game day and that seems like that was the case a week ago you had a chance to talk to Hollywood after Sunday's game against the Rams and you just got the feeling that he toughened it out and with the bye week coming up you would think you know hey rest this week give you two full weeks be completely healthy 100% for the final four games but it doesn't sound like that is the case because Gannon did mention that the bye week would not have an impact on any health related questions going into Sunday. When I spoke to Hollywood following the Los Angeles game, even after losses, we Hollywood has an infectious smile. And after losses, to see him, even when you're struggling and you're upset, he could still crack a smile out here and there. 
This was the most, in the short time I've been here with the team, this was the most in pain he has looked visibly, like talking to him. He, he was saying, like, it took a lot for me to get out there, and it stinks that this was the result. And on top of that, I, I, I did have to toughen it out. Like, you know, it's, it's the NFL. You kind of just have to go through it. And we know that everyone has talked about the connection between him and Kyler. And I think the two of them really wanted to go out there and show that the connection is still there. They're just still working through things, and it's going to take some time. But when I spoke to Hollywood, he said, I wouldn't view this as a us getting better connection in the game because it was a throwing match at that point, and we just had to try to get back. When it, when it comes to the injury, you once once he did not practice on Wednesday, you could tell that it was from the heel. You kind of assumed that that was going to be the case. But as Jonathan Gannon said, that's your Ferrari, and you got to put the premium gas in it because unleaded is not going to get the job done. Um, for my Nissan Rogue, it does perfectly <laughs> fine, but I, for for Hollywood Brown, you got to be able to to put the glitz and the glamour into it because when when you do and you are able to put those resources, it shows on the field. So we'll see what happens on Sunday with respects to Hollywood. Trey McBride limited in practice late in the week. That groin issue. Probably not too big of an issue that would keep him off the field on Sunday. And then defensively, Jalen Thompson dealing with the rib injury injury issue, I should say, and he was back on the practice field late in the week. But cornerbacks Antonio Hamilton and Starling Thomas both have been ruled out. Hamilton dealing with that groin injury. It's going to keep him out for a second straight week. Thomas was hurt in the game against the Rams. So be curious now, without two of your cornerbacks, yeah, you've got Keetro Clark, you got Garrett Williams, but does this open up the door for potentially Marco Wilson to come back and get some defensive snaps, or do we see more of Devon Wilson, who was the guy that got the tap on the shoulder when Thomas was sidelined? I think that if you do decide to call up Devon Wilson from the practice squad and you know you bring him out there, and to see how the week goes, as Jonathan Gannon said, whoever gets that jersey, whoever gets those calls up, those taps on the shoulder, they got to be ready to go. I don't know. I don't believe we'll see Marco Wilson out there for the sheer fact that we saw a guy like Keytrail Clark be benched for multiple weeks on end and not even get a shot out on the field, even when injuries were were, were a factor. Marco Wilson kind of seems to fall under that same boat, but they spoke to Buda Baker, and Buda Baker's like, hey, you just got a next play mentality. You got to be able to just go out there and flush it. It's that goldfish type memory. So whether they bring Marco Wilson out there or not, still TBD. When it comes to Jalen Thompson, though, I spoke with him also post game, and I asked him about his injury. He appeared on the injury report on Saturday, which was very concerning, but it seemed like at that point, once Sunday came about, that it was going to be okay. And he said to me that his injury just was progressively getting worse and worse as the week was going on. And it wasn't like it affected his practice, which is why he didn't appear on the injury report, but it was something that just kind of aggravated it. You don't want with the way that that trajectory was going, you hope that you don't have another instance like that because you need all the help you could get out there in the secondary. Cardinals at the Steelers on Sunday. Cardinals 2-10, and 10, Steelers 7-4. and four. Again, kickoff coming up at 11 a.m. on Sunday morning, 6.30 a.m. Pre-game coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. We'll get back into the matchup. Our thoughts a little bit later on here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. But right now, want to go back and share the conversation that I had earlier this week with Craig Wolfley, Steelers radio analyst, and our conversation began talking about James Conner, his return to Pittsburgh, how big a deal that is for Conner, but also big for the fans there in the Steel City. There's no question it's huge. I mean, this young man was, uh, you know, it was such a story coming through the health issues that he fought through. 
you know, what I loved about James is the, the real person that he was. I did a radio show with him once a week um, while he was there. And uh, it was it was just great because I'd watch him go out on the field and the impact, not just to his teammates, not just to his, his ability to, you know, put something on the field. But I saw banners hanging from, you know, the front row and people saying, James, you beat cancer and I can beat it too. You know, and you're like, wow, that's powerful. And you see James go over and talk to the people. And that says so much about an athlete on game day when you are in another world mentally that you can find the, the solitude and quietness of mind to go over and have a couple peaceful moments while the hurricane is raging around you, you know, in pregame. And you're just trying to, you know, work out the heebie-jeebies and everything else. So it speaks just volumes about what a quality young man he is. He did not get a lot of touches last week. In fact, a season-low six carries for just 27 yards. The feeling here is that, and perhaps because of the weather conditions in Pittsburgh, that the Cardinals will try to establish the run against what is a very good, stout Steelers defense. What do you think about that matchup, James Conner, against the Steelers defense? Oh, it's going to be a tough one. You know, I mean, the one thing about James, he runs hard. He runs hard, man, and I really respect his game. you got to remember, though, that the Steelers now, um, over the last seven games, uh, they are allowing just 15 points, and they've only, they're have only they allowing a league low 12% of their drives to result in a touchdown, and they're only giving up th- like 3.8 yards uh, per carry. They're doing a lot of good stuff on defense. It's going to be a tough matchup for James and for the entire Cardinals crew. It's going to be a tough matchup. The other way around for the Steelers. The Steelers are going to have to be able to do the same thing on the other hand. So I look forward to it. You know, there's there's nothing better than a good hard-fought ball up your fist and have at it type of affair. The number one player on that Steelers defense, the reigning defensive player of the year in T.J. Watt, and he is basically picked up where he left off last season, 13 and a half sacks, 12 tackles for loss, six passes defensed, one interception. Is he as good as he was a year ago or even better? I think he's hands down the best defensive player in the NFL period. I just, I respect his game so much. You know, what's fun is, you know, you take a look at him. He comes up for the pre pregame. You know what I'm talking about? When they come out, they're, they're doing light jogging stuff like that um, before they put their pads on and then come out as a team. So he's out there in the stadium and he's working on his hand techniques in the pass rush. And he's working on them like a karate master. It's like the, the, the assistant coach that's working with him. It's like Mr. Miyagi, and you got his, his student, and they're out there and they're working the hand techniques over and over again. And I always say that success leaves clues, and TJ does too. You watch how he prepares when you are like Alex Highsmith, someone who has the ability to be able to learn from the, the, the most devastating edge rusher out there, in my most humble opinion. Um, it's, it's a great opportunity for him to grow, and Alex has grown, but TJ Watt is truly um, unique. He is something when he's got it all cranked up and going. You got a couple of uh, former Cardinals on that Steelers defense, Patrick Peterson, Marcus Golden, but specifically what Peterson has brought, his 10 passes defense, one interception this season as far as the back end of that Steelers defense. What has P2 done for the Steelers? You know what he's done is he's elevated the people around him, and that's what great future-to-be Hall of Famers do. Um, He's also very significant in giving – of himself, the mental preparation, the physical preparation, 
to guys like Joey uh, Porter Jr. He's been really uh, a key guy in the development of Joey and getting him elevated to a playing position so quickly. And it's because you got guys like Pat Pete. And then you've got a guy like the, the junkyard dog, Marcus Golden, who, you know, he's got three sacks and he's got very limited pass rush opportunities because there's other guys ahead of him that are, are pretty darn good. And yet this, this is a solid player, strong, can press the edge, can set the edge, and also bring a heck of a pass rush too. So both those ex-Cardinals are doing some real good work here in the Berg. Let's switch it up as we talk about the Steelers offense here as we're joined by Craig Wolfley, former Steelers offensive lineman, now with the with the Steelers as far as on the broadcast and also the brother, the better brother of Cardinals <laughs> color analyst Ron Wolfley here on Cardinals Cover 2. But the Steelers on offense, and the big news two weeks ago was the change in offensive coordinator. Now one game in, only 16 points, but – 421 total yards just one week after changing offensive coordinators. I don't know if that's sustainable, but what did you see different as far as the offense last week against the Bengals? Saw a similar, very similar place. What we saw different was the progression and the targeting, where they targeted and who they targeted. And much of it had to do with Pat Fryermuth coming off the IR after being off for five weeks. There was a there's a big, you know, uh, the Bengals' defense struggled in covering tight ends, and it was a perfect timing where you met the perfect moment to send that tight end down the middle, throw down the middle of the field, and hit an area that they've not targeted much earlier on. Look, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm of this opinion. It's all about execution. That's what it really is. It's about guys getting the job done. I think Yoda from Star Wars would have been a great, great coach. Either you do or you do not. There is no trying. And that's what it's all about. You either make the block, make the tackle, cover the man, run the pass route, throw the ball accurately, or you don't. And I understand you've got to have the coordinators. The coordinators are about 20%, but 80%, 85%, it's the players. You've got to execute. It's not about the X's and O's. It's the Jimmy's and Joe's. Good Jimmy's and Joe's will beat X's and O's every time. was not expecting a Star Wars reference, but uh, I love it. <laughs> The running attack and Najee Harris and Jalen Warren, four straight games now of at least 150 rushing yards by the team itself. But is it riding the hot hand? I know last week it was Harris, but the week before it was Warren. So how are they mixing and match up the run game for the Steelers? It's really who's got the hot hand. It's, it'll be a game-by-game basis. I mean, Jalen Warren come off back-to-back 100-yard games, and then all of a sudden – Najee pops up against the Bengals, and the Bengals had some very serious meat eaters up front, you know, and the, the guys that they had, big three, big old 340-pound cheese whoppers up front. But, you know, they were able to move them, they, the offensive line, that is, and the backs just hit it and get it. When you couple that with a good passing game, so that there's balance, and I believe it was something like um, it was almost 50-50 to a play between run and pass. That's the balance that you want. The Steelers sometimes get out of kilter. They're throwing the ball too much, that sort of thing, and that puts them in a, in a, in a mode that, that is, uh, I think, self-destructive over the long haul. But now you're seeing more balance, and the running game has really come alive. And that's something that's a real credit to the offensive line. you got to give Pat Meyer, the offensive line coach, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Isaac Washington, his assistant, a lot of credit because they're getting a the job done with the guys 
Um, the insertion of Broderick Jones into the offense at right tackle, um, the number one draft pick, has been a big help, too. Uh, and that offensive line is coming up the ball, and they're rolling the line of scrimmage back on the other side of the ball. So that's to me, that's where it's at. That's what it's been all about. The passing game, Kenny Pickett, it's his second year, and last week, season best in completion percentage and passing yards. I know he's not being asked to do a whole heck of a lot, but it seemed like last week he was doing more, or was it just the offense just flowed better in year, or they should say in week one with Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan? Well, you know, credit to Eddie Faulkner and Mike Sullivan. Uh, they came along, they did a great job. No question in my mind. Kenny's on a, on a growth path. Uh, you know, this is all about him growing. And one of the things I learned from personal experience was way back when Terry Bradshaw I was in the huddle with him in his last game. I mean, I played with Terry for three years. But, uh, you know, after he retired, well, the critics were unmerciful to guys like, uh, you know, Cliff Stout, Mark Malone, and Bobby Brister, and Todd Blackledge, and every guy that, that came along to try to supplant uh, and be the next guy after Bradshaw. And it's tough. You're always compared to a Hall of Famer. Terry was fabulous, just fabulous. So, you know, the the chances of having two Hall of Famers in the same position back-to-back are extremely rare. And, indeed, it was 21, quarterback, uh, 21 years, and I don't know how many quarterbacks later, that 2004 Ben Roethlisberger came along, and by golly, you know what? He's going to be a Hall of Famer, too. And so it's a little difficult to be the man that comes after the man. And certainly for Kenny, it's a challenge. But you know what? He's a tough kid. He's tougher than Woodpecker Lips. This guy has got a mindset that he goes out and gets after it. I appreciate what he's doing, and uh, I think he's got all the ability in the world. Uh, I look forward to good things, but you got to give him time. Because one thing I, I learned from with just watching Terry Bradshaw, both as a teammate, playing with him, and then watching him before I even got there, was it's not an even road. It's not a linear path upward. you gotta, you got your bumps and your bruises and your – your ups and downs and things like that, they will happen. But you learn through it all how to handle that adversity and how to handle pressure, and that's what Kenny's going through right now. It's just a hardening process. It's a toughening process. Well, right now he is the quarterback of a 7-4 and four Steelers team that has won three of its last four. Cardinals at the Steelers on Sunday. Wolf, appreciate the time, and uh, do something nice for uh, your younger brother on Sunday. <laughs> There's no doubt about it, man. This isn't our first rodeo together. I love my brother. He's just the greatest. And uh, you know what? He is the better brother. I'm the better dancer, though. So there you go. Now, that would be a competition. Craig Wolfley or Ron Wolfley, the better dancer. Not sure I want that image in my (laughs) head, which is now in my head here. As we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, we bring back Zach Gershman here to talk a little bit more about Cardinals and Steelers. But specifically, when you talk about the Steelers, it always the direction always points to their defense and one name in particular, and that is T.J. Watt, who is the reigning defensive player of the year and has done nothing to diminish that or even put him in a category where you wouldn't think he could repeat that performance here in 2023 13 and a half sacks 12 tackles for loss six passes defensed and one interception cardinals need to be aware of where watt is at all times whether that's against dj humphreys paris johnson or somewhere else because the six passes defense and one interception show that he can drop into coverage and be a factor whether that's a tight end or a running back that that's the definition of a war daddy. 
I mean that that's what Jonathan Gannon called TJ Watt as he's called a lot of other of the elite pass rushers that the game has to offer, but arguably none better than TJ Watt because he just the, the versatility as you mentioned, all the different things that he could do. He could hurt you in a lot of different ways and he is fast. And when when the ability for him to get into the backfield and to try to get to Kyler Murray or try to get to James Conner, he's gonna definitely try making his mark. And whether it is against TJ uh against uh DJ Humphreys or Paris Johnson Jr. They're going to have their work cut out for them. I spoke with Paris, and it's in my three big things for this week's game. Paris said that he loves the best talent that the NFL has to offer because he tries to like match their level in a sense. He said to me that when you're going into it, knowing that you're lining up against a Micah Parsons or an Aaron Donald, Nick Bosa, TJ Watt, you can't take a rep off. And there's times where it's human nature. You're not going against the most notable name out there, and you kind of slack off a little bit. But those are the ones that hurt you. When it's a TJ Watt or any of the other players I mentioned, you got to be on your game. And he said it brings out the best in him. So it's going to be, we already know what DJ Humphreys could bring to the bring to the table. This is still game number 13 for Paris Johnson Jr. So he's had to face a gauntlet of edge or pass rushers. That's for And sure. it's always that matchup, the O-line versus D-line or an edge rusher that you've got, what, 60 plus snaps. And if you're not perfect on all 60, you had a good game. But... On the other side, if an edge rusher gets one sack on those 60 pass rushes, well, hey, you got a sack, that's a good game. So it's, it's a little bit hard to judge because the expectation is the offensive line needs to keep Kyler Murray upright. And that's going to be a difficult challenge this week. Not only is it T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, Marcus Golden, the former Cardinal, Alex Highsmith has four and a half sacks this season. So there is more than just a T.J. Watt that you have to worry about on that Steelers defense. So... Very curious on how that offensive line shows up and handles the pressure this week because each of the past two weeks, there has been a lot of pressure on Kyler Murray, more so than we've seen maybe since Josh Dobbs or Clayton Toon was the quarterback. And we could commend Kyler Murray for standing in the pocket all we want and being able to sling the rock and also be able to take some hits as as he has done so far this year. But with Kyler Murray, you want to keep him as upright as could be. So if you are, if the offensive line is crumbling, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they bring in Elijah Wilkinson. If they if they activate him, they already opened up his practice window earlier this week. It'll be interesting to see if they'll shore up that offensive line at left guard, still TBD. Because when you do have a Cam Hayward up in the middle and the interior, you got it. That that's another that's another big time player that you have to keep your eye on for. I'm glad you brought up left guard because I totally slipped my mind. But yeah, with the a potential starter. He was your start of the first handful of games to begin the season, but even those last couple of games before Wilkinson suffered that neck injury, you did see a little bit of a rotation, whether it was a Tristan Cologne or a Dennis Daly. Past couple of weeks, it has been Carter O'Donnell getting the starts at left guard, but if Wilkinson is able after three practices plus a walkthrough on Saturday, if he is elevated and signed to the active roster, there are open roster spots, certainly with the release of, well, Zach Ertz was already on IR, but you do have open roster spots that potentially, if Wilkinson is ready, add him to the roster. Now do you put him back in the starting lineup, or mm-hmm. do you like what O'Donnell has done for you? Yeah, it's 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 a unique component of it because that left guard spot has kind of had a lot of different people playing it. There's been four different offensive linemen that have played in that left guard spot and all of them have started at a point. So it's it's kind of been on a rotating basis that that with that rotating door in a sense. I do think that you were able to see Elijah Wilkinson was one of 
until the game, until he got injured, um, right before, I believe it was the Los Angeles game, I want to say, there he was starting every single snap, and then they started to bring Tristan Colon in, and then Elijah Wilkinson landed on IR. So he had success until maybe he felt nicked up or whatever it might have been, but he, he, he played well. He played well when he did start. So something to keep an eye on when the team makes those moves on Saturday. The elevations from the practice squad, and if they do decide to activate Wilkinson, officially add him to the 53-man roster on Saturday. The other thing to keep an eye on with this Steelers defense is how well they take the football away. 20 takeaways tied for the fourth most in the league. They are on a run of seven straight games with at least an interception. Cardinals have done a decent job of protecting the football this season. And again, weather, that ball gets slip, uh, slippery. Cardinals did practice a little bit with the wet ball, at least what we were able to see during the open portion of practice. So hopefully it's not a torrential downpour on Sunday, but even a little bit of rain can have a factor on how that ball looks coming out of Kyler Murray's hands. And we know how it's looked without any inclement weather. Some of those throws just haven't looked great. Yeah, the zip has not been there since that first game against Atlanta. Even against Atlanta, there were still some throws that you would have wanted back, but of especially the past two weeks with Houston and Los Angeles, those are games that Kyler Murray, some of those throws he'd want to completely forget about. But as I mentioned in previous shows, he's the type of quarterback that's going to get back into the lab and try fixing it ahead of this ahead of this game. So it's gonna he's only played Pittsburgh one other time, and the Cardinals have not had much success going down to the Steel City and playing out there. And a big part of it is because of the weather, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, I wasn't. I don't know what the forecast was in 1985, but that was one of the last three times that they played in Pittsburgh since the 1970 merger. It, it'll be it'll be interesting because Kyler Murray, that zip is a big part of his game. The running is a big part of it, but having that zip and that 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 power from his arm is a big component. So that's missing. He's got to overcompensate by trying to rush out of the pocket. It's, it all goes hand-in-hand hand with K1. I'm expecting a bounce-back game, not only from Kyler Murray, but this entire team, offense, defense, and special teams, considering what happened and what didn't happen against the Rams last week. But Week 13, Cardinals at the Steelers, kickoff at 11 a.m. on Sunday. This is also my cause, my cleats, for many of the Cardinal players and across the league overall. I know you got a story up on azcardinals.com because there are a lot of players, coaches as well, that are participating. Yeah, four coaches, over 20 players have put in designs, at least, for, for some of these cleats. And if you look at some of the photos that we have on azcardinals.com, there's some pretty fly cleats. And it's, it's going to be exciting. There, there's one week... The NFL is very protective when it comes to your uniform policy, what you're able to wear, what you're not able to wear. You see guys getting fined for not wearing socks. And this is kind of the one week where everybody's able to come together, put together their own creativity, their own excitement, and do it for a good cause and for good reason. And the guys all, I, I put the entire list of who's participating in. It's some really commendable organizations. Uh, lots of respect. There's guys that are doing it for their own organization. Josh Woods is doing it for Woodsy Loves the Kids, LLC. So it's for his organization, Paris Johnson Jr., for his foundation and alongside with the Pat Tillman Foundation. So from the top down, I mean, the, the shoes the, the shoes and the cleats themselves look really cool. 
and knowing that you're doing it for a good cause makes it all that much better. azcardinals.com for the story and the pictures and the work that goes into creating these shoes. The artwork, the attention to detail is something that it's not a quick process. This is this is something that is worked on for months. Oh yeah, this is something I remember walking out of the facility and I forget who was near me but somebody goes it was in September because I remember we were wearing you know short sleeve shirts and, and polos, and now we're wearing long sleeves because I've officially fallen to the dark side of the of the West Coast. But um, I remember hearing the guys say like, oh, "I got to go get my cleats sent out for them to be designed." This was like in September. Now this is for a game in December. The season flies by, and for some of them, I mean, it's it's designs like Cam Thomas, who I mentioned in the in the article. His uncle has ALS, and. And when he was younger, the only memory he had of ALS was the ice bucket challenge that went viral in 2014. So he recognizes that somebody might say, I don't really know what ALS is, but they'll see the ice bucket. It's a kid in a Cardinals jersey doing the ice bucket challenge. And you'll you'll relate that to what the overall cause is and the viral moment and all the awareness that it brought around then. Good stuff. azcardinals.com is where you can find that. Zach's article and in the photos on a number of the cleats that the players and coaches will be wearing on Sunday here in Week 13. Cardinals and Steelers. Cardinals looking to snap a two-game losing streak. Anything else, Zach, that we might have missed or touched on or that you want to bring up as far as this on-field matchup is concerned. I just think it's going to – I put this also in my three big things. I'm excited to see the safety battle out there. Minka Fitzpatrick is making his return after injuring his hamstring. And you look across the other sideline, Buda Baker also had a hamstring injury, also missed a handful of games. So it's it's two of the top safeties that the NFL has to offer. And knowing whoever's on the field, at least one of those will be on the field. It's going to be a good one. And those are the players that you have to circle when you're watching tape. Yeah, Fitzpatrick has missed the past four games with a hamstring injury. So, yeah, the Steelers' defense already good, getting a little bit healthier as well. They come in with a record of 7-4, and four, the Cardinals 2-10. and 10. Be a fun matchup on Sunday in Week 13. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Amahundro, our associate producer, Cody Fincher. For Zach Gershman, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.